to the Chin Lounge. You've stumbled on one of our short episodes called The Mini Bar, where we discuss a current relevant topic pertaining to the travel industry. I'm Teresa, owner of Get Out Custom Travels and creator of Fan with Intention. And I'm Corrine, creator of Travel Biz Boss and co-owner of Journey's Travel Company. We won't let you leave without some headlines, so stay with us until the end for excess baggage. So we'll be going on our very own spring break next week. Yes, you guys. Separately. There will not be an episode (laughs) next week because we are both going to be in Europe and we both want to really enjoy the time there. It'll be my first time since pre-pandemic, like your 17th time, I think. But um, Uh, If only. (laughs) (laughs) But I definitely want to stay focused on what I'm doing and so excited to do the itinerary that I'm doing. I'm excited to be back on Uniworld. So, Mm -hmm. and I'll be doing Budapest to Bucharest. So Wi-Fi is iffy at best. So there's no point in making ourselves crazy trying to record, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I agree. I will be on the opposite side of Europe in Amsterdam uh, doing tulip time with Ama. Uh, So Netherlands and Belgium. So River Opposite ends of the European continent. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so we'll miss you and we hope you miss us, but we won't be here next week. <laughs> yeah, but we'll be back. Uh, hopefully refreshed and mm-hmm. uh, ready to go yep. the following week. Absolutely. So. <laughs> well, before we jump into our discussion this week, we wanted to give a shout out to our podcast network, Trav Market Media. Head on over to travmarketmedia.com where you can find other amazing podcasts to grow and build your business. So speaking about going to Europe next week, our first article is from afar, and it's titled, Is Europe Travel Safe During Russia's Invasion of Ukraine? And I'm not going to lie, you know, that's definitely something that's on a lot of people's minds, including ours, because how can it not be? I'm going to probably post this to my Facebook page to get ahead of all of the, are you crazy? Mm -hmm. You know, um, because... While it is understandable, I talked about this last week, I struggle with the idea of these other countries who are nowhere near anything suffering more due to a lack of tourism, which is a huge part of their economy. And it just makes me sad. I mean, and for us too, I mean, like we we're just seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and then this is coming right up after. So um, I'm glad this article was written. I'm glad about the timing and I'm glad to bookmark it so I can send it to anyone who questions me. (laughs) I just feel like it's so weird to think about a concern for travel that is not COVID related. That has been the thing that's felt the weirdest to me was, you know, answering questions that weren't COVID related because people are now, you know, they have a good comfort level mentally with traveling um, during the pandemic. And as we come close to the end of the pandemic, hopefully, um, they've already mentally wrapped their heads around it. And so now we have this new issue here. This article interviewed a few different um, security experts and asked them, is it a safe thing to do? Uh, How should we be thinking about this? So um, people are asking, is it safe to travel to Italy? Is it safe to travel to France? despite the fact that Rome and Paris are both roughly 1,500 miles from the Ukrainian capital of Kiev. Yeah. So obviously I've seen it all over the different travel advisor groups. People are getting cancellations. 
um, because people are feeling unsafe and it's very frustrating. Um, so is it safe to travel to Europe right now? When asked if it's safe to travel to Europe, Mike Susong, Senior Vice President of Global Intelligence for Crisis Response and Risk Management Firm Crisis24, responds with a qualified yes. He says the wholesale invasion of Ukraine by Russian combat forces is unprecedented in recent history. Oh, there's our favorite word again. Lethal and still highly unpredictable as to the outcome and impact. Um. He says trouble can travel fast and impact our lives suddenly. But he adds, Brussels, Belgium is 1,300 kilometers from Kiev. And he's saying, in other words, popular travel destinations in Western Europe are hundreds of miles from the armed clashes taking place in Ukraine. Currently, the conflict is contained within the borders of Ukraine, Belarus, and Western Russia. So... um, He's not downplaying it. He says we're currently at the middle of the largest security crisis in Europe since the Second World War, but it's contained and there really isn't any reason to not travel to Europe. I'm going to be about 500 miles away, Mm -hmm. um, which is a pretty far distance. Yeah, I mean, it's far enough, but like he said, anything can happen quickly in terms of instances like this like war can we have so much technology now it's not like there are just ground troops coming in right like you have all this technology so things can happen quickly but it's also important to think about the likelihood of that happening so i think what they're trying to say is it's okay but just be ready just in case something happens like you don't have to cancel but as long as you're ready Dan Richards, who's the CEO of Global Rescue, um, which is a provider of medical evacuation and travel risk management services, he is quoted as saying, traveler trepidation is understandable, but I don't feel there's any need to cancel vacations or business trips to Europe or Central European countries. Yep. And Jeremy Prout, a former U.S. Marine Corps officer and director of security solutions at International SOS, a global health and security risk management firm, says that his firm has assessed that it is safe to travel in Europe right now. He says, what we believe is that Russia's aims are really territorial control of Ukraine in order to create an additional buffer from the West. It's unlikely that they're going to use military force against other European nations due to mutual defense pacts in place between the EU and NATO members. By starting a conflict with Romania, for example, you're really escalating a conflict that Russia is already struggling with at present into a much larger conflict, and it would be incredibly challenged to fight this on multiple fronts. So how can travelers prepare for something like this? Because that is definitely something we are all thinking about. What, what's the backup plan here? Um, The best way for travelers to protect themselves and their Europe journeys is to be armed with information and to make practical preparations in advance of their departure. Um, Commercial air traffic could be rerouted, which will cause cancellations and delays. I hear travel insurance coming up as a possible Mm -hmm. solution or a possible like mitigating um, feature that we could look into. Um, Protests are taking place throughout Europe. So maybe a lot of the large squares will have traffic and you'll just have to be rerouted on the ground. Um, you know, anytime it says here, anytime there are mass gatherings, there is increased risk related to the response of security forces and the actions of the protesters. Um, it seems here that all protests appear to be peaceful. 
However, travelers should expect delays, restrictions, and opportunistic criminals looking for easy targets. Mm -hmm. So always be aware of your surroundings. If you find yourself in a protest that does become violent, move away from the conflict area and avoid security forces. Um, Here's another part of the um, invasion that we've been seeing is a large number of refugees leaving Ukraine and going into the surrounding countries. Um, So travelers uh, are are reminded that countries in Europe near and bordering Ukraine are being inundated with displaced persons and foreign nationals trying to escape. Um, So the advice here is for any planned visits to Eastern European countries that border Ukraine, be aware of congestion at the border and the impact of the refugee crisis on transport infrastructure. Yep. So what they're saying are some smart measures to take is to one, stay informed and let people know your whereabouts. So enroll in the STEP program with the U S state department. Um, And you should also bring extra cash that way in case there's any kind of cyber disruption, disruption, you can, you'll have cash. Um, And then they're saying the upside to all of this is that European countries are continuing to relax COVID restrictions, which I was super happy that Hungary dropped their testing requirement because I was trying to thread that needle of PCR test, the the amount of time it takes to get the result, but you have to have it 72 hours. It was just nuts. So I'm super happy not to have to worry about that. I think I'm just going to get an antigen test to take with me just in case, even though it appears nothing is necessary. Right, right. But the bottom line is the security experts are saying that it is safe to travel and that, I mean, I feel like just about any time there are a lot of things you need to do to stay aware of your surroundings and just be smart. Yes. And get travel insurance. Yes. On to the next one. (laughs) So this next article is from Travel Age West, and it is by one of our friends, Kate Thomas. She's the owner of North and Leisure, as well as co-founder of Travel Pro Theory, another um, great business that has an amazing podcast. And Kate just says it like it is whenever she's on her podcast. (laughs) Yeah, so she actually went on Instagram and was was doing like some polling and was contacted by Travel Edge West, Travel Age West to write this article called Community Voices. This is why advisors, suppliers, and clients are frustrated right now. I'm sure no, none of this is going to be real shocking news to you. <laughs> <laughs> but I really like some of the points she makes in here after sort of covering all of our frustrations, which are just like, everything's taking forever. Um, there's a lot more back and forth than usual. Clients have mismatched expectations. They are also not just with prices, they're having these expectations of service and stuff that we're not quite there yet because of staffing shortages and what have you. I, just this morning, I had someone send me um we're looking for premium economy air at a minimum. And I was like, okay, let's see. Let's see what you think. <laughs> Please yeah, don't choke the, when I send the, you this price. <laughs> the most recent uh, quote that I got from an air consolidator for premium economy, it was 3000 per person for Europe. I for actually just booked a whole group of people. They're doing um, Rome pre and post 
for a med cruise. It was within $200 difference between premium economy and business. So if any of you are looking for premium, check business just in case, because obviously all these people paid the extra $200 to be in business class. Um, I could not believe how close those prices were. So now I'm checking mm-hmm. for everyone. But yeah, uh, it's the expectations are really interesting. And then, um, you know, there's just weird stuff happening, like clients, a lot of last minute requests, which are great because we are all ready to start getting paid quickly, but mm-hmm. availability is a nightmare. Like all the things you all know what we're talking about, right? Yes. <laughs> um, one thing that I love that Kate mentioned is, um, you know, we're all getting these unrealistic requests where they're, you know, they're like, I want this experience for 2019 prices. Nope. And it is not happening. And she writes, if you get an unrealistic request, I challenge you to leave your emotions at the door and kindly let the traveler know. We cannot keep attempting to serve everyone and expect our workload to improve. Yep. And that is so true. And part of us being travel advisors is to let people know because they just honestly don't know. It's not like they're purposefully trying to be a burden. It's just Mm -hmm. that they have no idea what the pricing is like right now. That's right. And one of the things that I usually suggest, because I'm getting a lot of this, is someone might say, for instance, come at me with, I want, you know, a week at an all-inclusive for my family of five for $3,000. Instead of, before I even go back to them, I will just go onto Vacation Express website because the way they list the properties is really nice and neat. You can see a really succinct list. And I will just look for the bottom resort that I would sell And I will go back to that person with concrete data. I just took a quick look and it's looking like for what you're looking for in a minute, like in a, the lowest thing that I am comfortable selling, we're going to be starting at this number. And then that person, it's not just your budget isn't enough. And then they don't know what to do. It's, this is the budget that it's going to take to get started. And most of the time they're going to, they come back and they're like, Oh, I didn't realize. Okay. Well, Let's look at X, Y, Z. Very rarely does someone just choke and say, just forget it. It's just that they really have no idea. And that is a way to avoid a lot of the frustrating back and forth. You just go and get yourself some hard numbers and throw the numbers at them and let let them take it from there. The ball's in their court, right? Yes, it is one of those things that we've mentioned before. Like, here's the information with no emotion attached to it. Mm-hmm. You can decide. Mm-hmm. And one other thing, I mean, this article is so great. And I encourage all of you guys to just go and read this article in full. And, um, you know, we know what the problems and challenges are. And one thing in here that Kate writes is we've been telling people through the years that we are the experts, that they should come to us because we have the knowledge, we have all the information that is related to the travel industry. You know, like we're the experts, come to us. Yep. And um, she writes, we went from memory makers to miracle workers who told travelers to let us take on the stress to be their restrictions interpreter and stay on top of the industry and health concerns worldwide. 
And they listened. They mm-hmm. let us. We've always been a part-time therapist in this job. We've been trusted with travelers' precious time, often hard-earned money. The last few years have taken that role to a new level. Now we have leads reaching out that want us to reassure them and create a path of ease where it does not exist. And that to me, I was like, whoa, like this is a challenge that we placed upon ourselves Mm -hmm. is to have people see us as the experts, which we are. And that's not to say we did anything wrong. That's just to say moving forward, this is what we need to be doing in order to keep us from burning out, to keep us continuing to love what we do. And Kate's solution is managing expectations. And we've had to do this to a certain extent pre-COVID, but now it's more important than ever. And she writes, we can't solve the problem of our ground partners being short-staffed overnight, but we can decide how to handle client expectations as an industry. We need to shift the messaging as a whole, as an industry, and we have to set boundaries to match. Yep. So I was just this past weekend um, with Kate and also Nicole and Nikita. We did a workshop, which I won't say the name of because there's (laughs) a cuss word in it. (laughs) But we were just trying to create a space for advisors to come and look like vent and then say, okay, now what can we control and let's take control of it so that we can keep moving forward. Get Get your grievances out, let it go. And let's take control of what we can control. And that is expectations. But another point that Kate is making in here that I really like, she says, often I see travel professionals compare their job to a lawyer or financial advisor in their marketing materials, making the case that they are in a long-term personal relationship and make serious investments in their clients. Yet I rarely see any of us hold ourselves to that standard. The average person doesn't expect a lawyer to work cheaply or for free because they simply will not do it. My accountant is not keeping herself awake late at night wondering what she'll do if I don't get her my tax information on time. She carries on and it's my problem if I don't participate. And she says, there's no one telling us that we cannot do the same. Let's stop marketing ourselves as experts that hand over years worth of knowledge and connections for free. Let's stop positioning ourselves as constantly available to reassure clients about the unpredictability of life right now. They are adults who opted in and there's no need for us to shoulder all of the responsibility of their decisions. And I say, amen. Like, amen um, to that. I, I am a people pleaser. I understand that when someone comes to me, I want to try my best to create a solution for them. Sometimes there is no solution. Sometimes what somebody wants is not possible. And it isn't that there's something wrong with you or me we're not doing, we're not doing something wrong. It's just, if they don't have a reasonable expectation, there's nothing we can do. And the best thing that you can do for yourself is get in front of that immediately and not throw a bunch of your time and energy that you don't have any to waste at the situation, trying to work out a problem that can't be worked out. Yes. Set those boundaries because your, your time and your peace is one of the most important things. And I know we've all had experience working on trips or with clients that don't, that don't bring us joy. And to use like Marie, like they just don't. And it doesn't have to be like, Oh my God, you are, you make me happy all the time. But these are trips and clients that bring us down. Like we dread getting an email from them. We dread seeing their number come up on our phones. It is the worst. And I, 
want to limit that as much as I can. And the thing is, I can do that. I am in full control of the clients that I work with. Yep. Yesterday, I had to have a moment of silence when a client who has been torturing me since March of 2020 took off in an airplane for Turks and Caicos. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) So a few more days of making sure there's no fires I have to put out and I'm never going to work with this person again. He has been so disrespectful to me, but I felt it was my responsibility to just get you know, the trip rolled over and over and over. Right. And I just wanted mm-hmm. to hold up my end of the bargain, but, uh, never again. And I'm so excited about it. Um, and it's not like I'm just ruthlessly cutting clients left and right, but any client that makes my stomach hurt every time I see their name on my caller ID or in my email is out. Yeah. Out. That is the rule. That's the gauge. <laughs> yeah. Only one thing can give me stomach pain, and that is too much tequila. That's exactly right. Too many quesadillas. (laughs) Or pizza, Mm -hmm. um, to a certain extent. But that's another day, another conversation. Um, So Kate writes here that she has an unpopular opinion. She doesn't think every trip should be booked through a travel professional, and I agree. I used to think that that was a crazy talk, but I absolutely agree now. Yeah, those two-nighters in Vegas? Yeah. Just the hotel? No, I'm not going to touch that anymore. And in, I think a lot of people feel bad when a client they've been working with for a while reaches out for a trip like that. Mm -hmm. And last week in the same call, I took um, an inquiry from a repeat client. And in the same call, I declined another trip that he wanted me to book for him. And he was okay with that. So the first one was like three weeks in Europe. Great. I will handle that. And the second one, he's like, oh, there's another trip I want to talk to you about. It's just going to be a guy's trip. We're thinking two nights, maybe in Denver. And I'm like, listen, I have had to scale back and pause the domestic travel services that I offer because I've just gotten so busy with international trips and I want to make sure I'm able to provide the quality of service that my clients expect from me. So I had to get rid of some services. COVID confidence. COVID confidence. And it's not even that. It's just like, it's the truth. I'm yeah. not trying to mince words here. Like, it's the truth. That's where I am right now. Yeah. So, um, you know, the two-nighter in Denver is going to give me heartburn, whereas like the three nights in Europe will not. So right. in the we same meet. call with the same client, and they will understand. They will understand. Absolutely. I like how she finishes it off. She says, the change starts with us. Set boundaries. Treat our industry with the respect it deserves. Value our time and our service. Until we do, we cannot expect travelers to value us. I'm going to the Church of Kate Thomas. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. If you don't value yourself, how can you expect other people to value you? Like, I feel like they can tell. They can tell when you take yourself seriously when you are professional and when you don't take any BS, like they can tell when you talk to them. Yeah. So yeah, we talked about that a little bit in the workshop on Saturday. You got to fake it till you make it. You got to just dig deep and, and communicate with confidence and turning an inquiry down many times will only result in that client wanting to work with you more. But the important thing is that when you do turn something down, that you also communicate the types of inquiries that you do want. 
don't just say no. Offer some mm-hmm. sort of help, some kind of a resource, refer them something, some nugget, but then also explain exactly what you do do, <laughs> do do, um, you know, so that they understand. <laughs> I'm so juvenile. Uh, they understand what to come to you for and what to refer you for. And don't be afraid that they are going to be butthurt about it. They're not. They're probably going to want to work with you even more when you become like a little bit unattainable, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I had one of my best best clients. She's one of my favorites. I think she's got $40,000 worth of travel booked with me this year, but for just her, like just for two people. Um, and it's growing because every time she's like adding on additional trips. So within like the first, I would say like the first six months of the year, she's already had that amount booked that she's going to travel within the first half of the year. She reached out um, wanting to book a Disney trip. And she's like, this is what I'm looking at beginning of July. Um, and we want to do Disney. And I know her budget is going to be amazing. Like mm-hmm. that's just the kind of, that's just the way she travels. But I do not do Disney. I am not a Disney expert. I don't know all the ins and outs of booking Disney for someone. I mean, I go do like drink around the world with friends sometimes at Epcot, but that does not qualify me to be someone who can take someone's money to book Disney. Right. So I referred her out to a trusted colleague because I know that she does Disney and I know she does it really well. So I spoke with my client and I'm like, thank you so much for thinking of me for this. I am not a Disney specialist and I want to make sure you are well taken care of that you don't miss out on anything at Disney. Um, if it's, a, if you're open to it, I would love to connect you with a colleague of mine who specializes in this. And mm-hmm. she was so appreciative of that. And then I don't have to book Disney, which is a joy unto itself. <laughs> it's a gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, bless those of you who do Disney. I know several who are amazing. And I love that for you. Just, <laughs> just cannot work for me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you had some really great templates from the workshop that did offer how to speak to people, how to decline things, the polite decline. Oh my God. That copy and pasted directly into my travel joy templates. Good. After I received it. Um, I think that's what happens is people struggle with the right words. And then in the moment, if you have to compose it, you are so, you feel emotional about it. It's hard. So you'd almost rather just say yes then write the words. So having a template ready to go to decline business so that you can just, before you think too hard, just email Mm -hmm. them is, it's a good tool to have. Right. And one other blurb that you wrote that I really enjoyed was telling people when I send you something, you need to look at it right away. Mm -hmm. Um, You need to read everything I send you and you have a checkbox that says like, I understand I have to read everything. That and that it's a shared responsibility. Will, but yeah. yes, it doesn't guarantee that they will, but at least it makes them think about it a little more. Yep, exactly. Are people still going to ignore you? Yes, but they they have to at least acknowledge that it is their responsibility too, which is mm-hmm. helpful. Well, want to go for number three here? 
Oh yeah. Travel market report mm-hmm. has an article that says, or it's titled how to define your agency's unique selling proposition and why it's important. I think this is a good follow-up to Kate's because this keeps your mind on track of what you need to be doing to be running the business you want to run. So the article says, in a crowded marketplace, it can be difficult to stand out from the crowd. How does a traveler decide which travel agency or advisor to use if a Google search results in dozens of choices? Having a unique selling proposition, also known as a USP, is what sets you apart from the competition and can be why a potential client chooses you over another advisor. A great USP tells prospects who you are, what makes you different, and why they can trust you with their vacations in just a few sentences. More importantly, it explains how your service benefits them better than anyone else can. Um, And there was a couple of examples in here that I liked. Yeah, I was going to say this article gives a few examples of what a USP is. Mm -hmm. Um, They took three different agencies. The first one is Francine's Travel. The USP is not a 1-800-TRAVEL agent. No waiting for hours on the phone just to talk to a computer. When you travel with us, you're covered. Love it. World Away Travel, um, their USP is... Will Away Travel is anchored in legacy and propelled by the passion to enrich lives. Um, I really love those words because it's so travel related. Anchored mm-hmm. in legacy and propelled mm-hmm. by the passion to enrich lives. We create personalized journeys that foster connections. Connections to people, to nature, to history, and to ourselves. It's not just about where you want to go, but why you want to travel. Love it. And the last example they have is Hawaii Aloha Travel. We're the experts on Hawaii. Every member of our team has lived there for over eight years. We love the islands and want you to fall in love too. I just love that first sentence. We are the experts on Hawaii. (laughs) Period. Period. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, speaking of Kate Thomas, she does this exercise sometimes with people that's like a messaging exercise where you just brainstorm phrases and words. And it's kind of like a, you know, just a brain dump to help you come up with a few versions of saying the same mm-hmm. thing. And, to, and I love that process. Just like vomit everything you can think of onto a piece of paper or into your computer as I would do, and then start <laughs> editing and matching and just rewriting that sentence over and over until you have it just right. And then run it by your travel buddy, somebody who can give you some feedback on it. Yeah, one of the things in this article that I think is so important, especially for us advisors, I've seen advisors do this on social media, is to market yourself, not your suppliers. Mm -hmm. And I have seen so many advisors just post direct promotions from, you know, a specific all-inclusive resort that often makes flyers that you could just download and post. Mm -hmm. Um, Not to say that if there's a really good promotion that... You shouldn't share it with your clientele. That's your way of marketing. But I see it more often than not. And I think a lot of advisors do it is because they think it's an easier way versus writing something about themselves. It's easier to share from a supplier than it is to write about yourself. Yep. And you know what? So um, Voyager websites, which is the website my travel agency use and is also uh, run by the same person who did our podcast network, he puts, well, he and his team, they have a specials tab that you can add, but they call them opaque, meaning they will give all the details and not the supplier. 
so that you can share details of a tour day by day, all these things, but it will never say like Globus or Trafalgar or whoever it is. Mm -hmm. You can see it on the back end. So if a client inquires about that special, you can, you can see who it is so you can get in touch. And I just love that. And I think like, like you said, there's nothing wrong with sharing those specials if that's your model, but maybe take a couple extra minutes and brand it with your own agency branding and not just send out the supplier flyer, especially when that supplier works with consumers. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Uh, they, this article, in terms of going back and connecting it to this article, we're talking about how to make your agency unique and how to make your agency stand out. If you have a special, so does every other travel agency mm -hmm. around you. They have access to the same promos. And if they're posting the same flyer and you're posting the same flyer, consumers will have a very hard time differentiating you. And they're just going to go straight to that resort brand and book directly because they can't decide between the two of you, which one of you is better. Yep. Another um, tip that they say is to take time to think it through, to understand the value you bring to your clients and to get your differentiators. You first need to understand your business at a deep level. What are your core values? Who is your target demographic and what are their core values? What do your clients get from you when they work with you? And I mean, I feel like a lot of us have done this type of exercise over and over, but you do want to bring that together with sort of that, that USP statement so that you're tapping into those things. Right. And there is a book recommendation that I'm going to add to my list um, that this article suggests traction, get a grip on your business. Um, mm, and I that just should help. Maybe I'll I'm sorry. It. I just finished a book. So maybe that'll be next. Oh, yay. Yeah. I'm going to add it to my list for some light reading on Alma waterways next week. <laughs> um <laughs> And the, the important thing is you can read all the books you want, but you really have to implement it. And I think that is a challenge for a lot of us because we're reading the book and we're like, oh my gosh, this is such a great idea. Like I really need to implement this. And some of those ideas are harder. Um, they're easier read than done. Yes. <laughs> like when I was reading, we should all be millionaires. And she said, this is how you should value yourself. Take what you're currently charging and double it. And that's your price. And I'm just like, but I don't know if I can. I'm definitely worth it. I'm not like saying that's not the value I provide, but just mentally in my head trying to be okay with that. But you did it. And it's, I did it. It took me three days after reading it. I was like heavy breathing, um, just like a like cold sweating. But <laughs> I opened my website, like the little editor, and I'm like, nope, doubling it. That's it. Change all the templates on the forms I send out for new inquiries. It is now double what it was a week ago. So I love it. Just in time for me to not take any new inquiries for three weeks because I'm not demand. <laughs> to build up demand. Exactly. I'm not coming back until the end of the month. So, yep. Uh, one, uh, one more of the tips says use your background. So for travel advisors in particular, background in travel is especially useful when crafting USP. So things like if you've sailed on just about every cruise line there is, if you grew up in Asia, do you speak Spanish? Have you lived in another place that's popular for travel? Dig into those things that you can sort of add to those differentiators. 
And this article states that it doesn't have to be in travel. So no. even if it's like your previous work experience somewhere, um, you know, were you an event planner before and you're really detail oriented, or maybe you worked in a restaurant and you're really great with culinary travel, things like that. It doesn't have to be travel related that you can use to help you stand out from the crowd. Yep. So, but they say, if you feel like you don't have a differentiator yet, that's okay. Determine something your potential clients want and then dive in to learn it, which is great advice. All right. We ready for some excess baggage? Oh yeah. All right. It's time for excess baggage, which is a speed round of headlines that are pretty self-explanatory. So you can learn a lot in just a couple of minutes. According to Travel Weekly, Carnival Cruise Line is going all in with Verifly deploying the Health Wallet app across its fleet to help speed up embarkment. Another one from them says that a new quiet room for guests who could use a break from the bustling theme parks open Monday at Universal Orlando Resort. And I just realized this does not uh, specify for people who have autism. Travel Agent Central reports that beginning April 1st, Costa Rica will no longer require travelers to complete an online health pass when visiting the destination. Additionally, unvaccinated travelers will no longer be required to purchase a travel insurance policy. However, it's still recommended that travelers purchase travel insurance to cover medical and lodging expenses in the event of contracting COVID-19. Another headline from them says that Canada okays cruising starting in April. An article from Travel Pulse says we should book summer flights now before jet fuel costs climb and surcharges appear. They also report that Uber announced it will start levying a fuel surcharge on customers from March 16th. The fee amount will be either 45 or 55 cents per Uber trip and either 35 or 45 cents per Uber Eats delivery order, depending upon location. Afar reports that United has introduced new bag drop shortcut. The airline says that the new process should allow travelers to check their bag in a minute or less on average. According to Travel Market Report, the last of the UK's COVID travel rules will end this week. Another one from them says that the U.S. Virgin Islands has announced it will no longer require vaccinated U.S. travelers to show proof of a negative test upon arrival. The territory, which includes St. Croix, St. John, and St. Thomas, is one of the more popular Caribbean destinations for North American travelers. And our high note today also comes from Travel Market Report. Australia will allow the return of international cruise ships to its ports starting April 17th. And that's it for Excess Baggage. Just a reminder that all the articles we've referenced today can be found in the show notes. Please remember that we didn't write the news. We're just sharing it. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and or share the show. Also, head on over to our Facebook and Instagram pages, which are both under the Tin Lounge. We'll link them in the show notes. Have any questions, comments, or just want to say hello, please shoot us a DM or email us at hello at thetinlounge.com. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye.